welcome to Per Contra with Tijuana and Squint. Hello everyone, welcome back to Per Contra with Tijuana and Squints. I'm Tijuana, and today we're going to be talking about video games again. So, hopefully this is something that you can all relate to, being nerds like us. And um, we're going to be taking a little bit of a closer look into um, some of the trends of modern video games and um, reliving a little bit of our nostalgia with some uh, of our classic favorites. So... Stick around for that. For now, we're going to have our question of the day, which is, what is your favorite video game mechanic that you don't really see too often anymore? So we're going to start with squints. Sure, yeah. Um, okay, favorite mechanic that I don't see anymore. I think I think I have two. One of them is mechanic, and one of them is just like, something from the old era of gaming that has faded. Okay. The mechanic that I miss is cheat codes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I understand that gaming nowadays has moved towards, like, online multiplayer-based, like, PvP competitive type stuff, which we'll talk about, and I understand that you can't just, like, put cheat codes in, right? But for our, like single-player, linear story-driven games, or even our single-player open-world games, give me, like, give me the god mode cheat. Give me the cheat that lets me change my outfit into whatever I want. Give me the cheat from GTA Vice City that drops, like, a tank from the sky. You know, like, I, I miss being able to just goof around and do whatever, putting in cheat codes. And you don't really see that anymore. They, I mean... The first Red Dead game had cheat codes. Saints Row the Third had cheat codes. Um, GTA still does a little bit with cheat codes. The new Lego Star Wars games. But in general, we don't really see that. We see it from a select few games, and they really stand out nowadays because of it. And I miss that a lot. Yeah, I think you're right with where it comes from. I think that like gaming has just kind of become... A little bit more hardcore like people know exactly what they want out of the game when they're getting it and so they don't really like you know go to cheatcodecentral.com like i always used to and look up the little cheat yeah. codes for my uh, old pc games and stuff like that um because they're they, you know they're very straightforward with what they want out of their, their games so yeah that's funny i i definitely have some good memories there too yeah so i miss that a lot um the second thing has to do with online play actually i miss so badly the era when you didn't have to buy a subscription just to use your own internet internet connection to play online with your friends on your consoles like i i've transitioned mainly to pc gaming in the past six years or so but that's because if i want to play online with my friends on playstation xbox nintendo it's like 10 to $15 a month. Not right. not for like extra stuff, really. I mean, yeah, a lot of the Game Pass stuff, they include things, but like I don't want any of that stuff. I just want to play with my friends, and it costs me extra to do that. When I'm already paying for internet access, I have to now also pay. It's like pay to use their servers, basically. And I remember the era when like when the first Destiny game came out on PS3, 
you just played and that was it and it was so fun and if it was still free i probably would not have been as easily swayed to join the pc master race now that i'm here i'll never go back but i (laughs) i um i just miss that i miss being able to be like hey you should get this game we can play online because now they have to get that game and then make another $60 commitment to play with you for just a year. And it's just, right. it's gotten out of hand. I miss it. Yeah. And you bring up a good point because it's not always just about like playing online with random people. Sometimes you just want to be able to like play with your friends who don't live down the street, you know? And so, yeah, I, I really like that point. And I do also quickly want to mention that um, I feel like, I I kind of missed the old online culture that kind of came from that too. Like Warcraft 3 came to my mind with like the really old like matchmaking and like you know send this code to like create a custom lobby and like you know it it just felt like a little bit more mysterious and a little bit more genuine at the same time like playing online now versus then like i feel like playing video games online is just kind of a little bit of an extension of the real world now but back then it like felt like you were going into a different world if that makes sense but, yeah i agree um yeah I, I i i love those those are both really good um and mine is a little bit uh on the flip side uh, i i really like how difficult old video games used to be I like a lot of fighting games and stuff like that for that reason. Um, and one of the things that I like about old video games is uh, like save points. You have to get through a certain amount of the game before you can save. And, you know, nowadays, like, I, I appreciate being able to, like, put down the game at any point because life gets busy. Um, but when I was a kid and I was fully immersed in the video game world, um, it, it made everything high stakes to be playing a game and, you know, have it really matter. You know, you couldn't just, like, pause, save before, like, any round, any corner or, like, whatever it was. Like, um, yeah, I missed kind of that that intensity of, like, dying really was, like, a setback and stuff like that. So, yeah, that would be mine. Oh, yeah, I totally get that. I actually, when you bring that up, the game that comes to mind for me is Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. So not the um, like turn-based medieval simulator style games that the original Baldur's Gate were. Yeah. Um, but on PlayStation 2, there were two Baldur's Gate games released that were like top-down hack and slash similar to like Diablo. Yeah. And in those games, there were save points scattered throughout each dungeon, each level. Mm-hmm. And... If you died, you started at your most recent save. Mm-hmm. And if you were playing co-op, because it had a uh, the first game had two player and the second game had a four player couch co-op. Right. And if any one of your party died, you could only revive them by walking all the way back to a save point that you'd already found, or hoping you found the next one. Oh, interesting. And so, so you'd have to like yeah. So if your buddy died and you weren't confident that you had enough potions or mana or, you know, skill to get through to the next save point, you backtrack the whole dungeon 
to revive your dead friend. Oh man, and, like, I love that. It sucked, but it was so intense that you were careful. Like you didn't just run in and die, you know? Right. You didn't want to have to do that again. No. And I, I, I love it because I can picture like your friend on the couch being like, dude, just go back, just go back, like revive me. And you're like, no, 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 I can make it to the, I can make it to the next one. Like, yeah, I you're like, I can make it to the next, I can make it, I can make it to the next save. And then you round a corner and there's like four ogres and they just totally smash you. And then your buddy's like, I freaking told you to go back to the save point. And you don't want to admit that you're wrong, right? So you just ignore them yeah. and you start over. And that's, that's how it went, you know? Yep. But I miss that a lot too. You bring up a very good point about save points. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, the the game that came to my mind um, was Castlevania Symphony of the Night, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of segues into what we wanted to talk about today, which was we wanted to talk about old versus new in video games and what. You know what the differences are why we remember the old days so fondly and maybe what kind of forced the change into the modern era of um the trends that we see from big popular games and kind of talk about our opinions on that um but yeah in you know in castlevania i i feel like my mind was fully focused on like making sure that i did everything right to to, to perform in that section of the game and so that I could get to the shop and buy whatever I needed and get to the save point and get to this next thing. Um, I w- but I feel like nowadays when I play video games, I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm thinking like 10 steps ahead already. Like, like if I was to play a, a game like Castlevania now, I'd be like, okay, I need to um, beat this level in under five minutes because that unlocks the secret door which gets to this item that you can only get that way and then once I get that I need to route this to get to this boss I don't want to go to that boss you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. like I already have the whole game planned out in my head like if I'm playing a modern game <laughs> because like you know I already looked up like optimal strategies and routes and I've watched like 50 streamers play the game and they were telling me all about like this stuff and I wanted to go try it when I but like you know it was just me in the game back then and that's something that um I kind of miss about about old games sure and I mean part of that right is the responsibility of the gamer but it's it's nearly impossible now to avoid like videos or still images or spoilers about new releases. For mm-hmm. example, I played Elden Ring for the first time this weekend and I basically knew everything within the first area of the game because I've seen it so many times in gameplay videos or Twitter posts or whatever that there was no there were no surprises and I miss being able to like load into a game with your buddy or your brother or by yourself and you're like you're in the hub at the beginning you know like in Baldur's Gate you go into the elf song tavern and you're talking to the busty elf maiden and she gives you your quest and you go down in the dungeon you fight your way to the end and there's a beholder sitting at the end who like knocks you out cold and then disappears and you had no idea it was coming because there was no such thing as reviews or gameplay videos or walkthroughs or like wikis for the game right. yet. Yeah, I 
I actually just started playing this game um, that was made recently, but it's like a so it's like a card game and mixed with Pokemon is is what it is, and it's just like really small time guy made it as like a for fun project, and it was free to download. Um, and so I start playing, and basically. Uh, it has like the Pokemon theme where you like traverse through like the towns and get stronger and fight gym leaders and stuff, but you're doing it all with cards. And so you pick, instead of picking like a Pokemon to start with, you pick like a deck to start with. But, uh, this game is like, so not popular and so new that there's nothing online about it. I like look just that same phenomenon that we just talked about i went i got it i got to a point where i was like what is this um and i looked it up and there was nothing there and i scrolled on youtube and i looked on google twice and i was like wait it's been so long since i've felt this like i have to figure this out through trial and error and it, it was cool but like at the same time it made me realize like like i I wouldn't choose to play like this anymore. <laughs> you know, it was almost a weird realization of like, you know, I chose to grow past this or I chose I chose this world that I live in where like I need the instant information, instant gratification type of thing. And it, yeah, it was like it was a really like moment of revelation for me, but um also made me re- like have added respect for for that. Oh, I totally get what you're saying. And I, um, my wife and I have been playing a game that's similar. It's like a survival crafting game, um, but it's in early access and it's super indie. So there's no information about it. And so I was trying to look up the other day how to unlock like magic spells. Zero, nothing. You just have to, you just got to figure it out. And I found myself like becoming frustrated almost because I've lost that sense of like adventure and exploration and imagination because I am so used to being able to just like play a game for the first time, not get it, and then listen to a like, you know, top 10 hints to increase your light level quickly in Destiny 2 while I'm in the shower or top 100 <laughs> things a new Hunt Showdown player should know. And that's how I learn how to how to do stuff. Yeah. Versus you know, dying over and over again, or crafting the wrong item too many times, or, you know, falling into a pit because I took a wrong turn in a dungeon or whatever. Mm -hmm. Instead, I just have someone else who does the fun part spoon feed me the info, and then I beat the game too fast, and then I complain that it was short. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's funny. Like, but that's why I say it was an interesting realization. Like, how I kind of like realized like, Oh, I, I do this to myself, you know, and to give her another example that I'll make quick. Um, I, I recently w- watched a video of Daigo Umehara. He's like the most well-known street fighter player in the world. And, um, you know, a new patch comes out for street fighter five and he's like in practice mode, like sitting there beating up the practice dummy and trying different things out oh i wonder if this will work no that didn't work maybe if i add this maybe if i do this instead and i 
I just was watching him and I realized like I haven't done that in years. Yeah. Like it's been so long since I just went into practice mode and was like, oh, does this combo work? Oh, I fought this guy online and he did this. I need to go try that. It, no, it was, it's not like that anymore. I just look up, you know, like patch 5.82, uh, you know, Balrog combos. And it's right there, all right there in front of me. Okay, this is the stuff I need to know. This is stuff. I, and it's like, and I, I think like in large part, that's kind of like encompasses the, the big difference between like, modern gaming and and classic gaming was like uh that um you know now that we have this this clear-cut community that's like kind of what makes video games so cool now but also like we had to sacrifice like our kind of like video game virginity in a sense to get to that sure sure and i i think it's in large part also due to the fact that we live in this like digital world now where we're connected to the entire world and all the information we could possibly dream of through the internet and because of that you have i mean it's just it's right there why wouldn't you use that instead of mm. grinding for hours to figure out the new combos or to figure out the right way to get through this certain section and a lot of people do still do the grinding and i have right. mad respect for them Mm -hmm. Um, but because the internet is so prevalent, you, you have people that are impatient looking for the information, but then you have this other really cool group of people who's wanting other gamers to have fun and they're just trying to be helpful by posting guides or, um, yeah. build tutorials or combo videos or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we've seen this cool transition from a gaming community that was tight knit because we struggled together mm -hmm. to a gaming community now where we're tight knit as gamers because we help each other not struggle anymore. And right. so like, yeah, do I miss it? Do I miss the grind sometimes? Do I miss the, the mystery of what a new game has in store for me? Yeah, I do. But at the same time, I think it's really, really cool that this new era of gamers, for the most part, not every game has a community like this, but in general, we have people who are like, I want to help out other people that play this, so I'm going to post this guide or this gameplay video or this walkthrough so that they don't have to struggle with it the way that I did. Right. Not just telling your friends on the playground at recess, like, I finally, like got this thing <laughs> like you guys said that Mew was impossible to catch but I did it or like whatever you know like it it became you know that the, the whole world was our playground now oh yeah pretty cool but yeah I also I think that like um that that thing that we've created also like kind of contributes to like um the way that video games are made now too and um destination versus journey wise i guess like i was thinking while you were talking i was thinking about like um like back in the day like i mentioned warcraft 3 like i played through the story to like know what happened next in the story you know what i'm saying like yeah and but you know that that's a thing of the past now because like you, you know most of the time like we've already seen like someone else play through the game or we already know what happens like whatever and like you know you're 
you're playing through the story as like a break from like because you've already got burnt out on like a hundred matchmaking matches already and so you're like want to play the game but like you want to take a break from playing online or whatever but yeah um yeah i think that like games are created around like people like us now that they're like okay like so you know this stuff isn't as important the story stuff's like put that on the back burner and like how can we optimize like and kind of like you know what what is there what are these guys weak points to where like they're gonna for sure buy our game or they're gonna like for sure buy the downloadable content or like they're and so um i guess like since we talked about like some of our like favorite trends of old games um what would be like some of your least favorite mechanics of like newer games or like things that you that you get frustrated by newer developers doing yeah so um one of my big ones and it's a problem in pretty much every FromSoft game that I've ever played. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. Um, but it's also really prevalent in a game that I stopped playing for a while and have jumped back into recently, Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. I hate, with a passion, having to read the game lore. Like, <laughs> I, I hate it so much. Like, yeah, we, we've talked on this, this show before about, like, showing versus telling. Mm-hmm. But, like, I get, I get hunting for lore and not spoon-feeding it to your player. But when they have to read item descriptions to understand the lore, or, like, in Destiny 2, it's an MMO, and the gameplay is so fantastic that you want to just jump right into the next strike or the next mission, you're not reading the paragraphs of script that the vendors are giving you that has all the lore packed into i'm not reading it i'm not Mm -hmm. reading item descriptions i'm not reading script from vendors because i want to jump back into this really awesome smooth gunplay that they've mastered and so i get to the end of this campaign or this strike and i have no idea what's going i just know shoot bad guy use flashy abilities that's it and like I have fun doing that, but I hate so much having to read my lore, dude. Like, if I wanted to do that, I'd go read a book. But guess what? I'm not reading a book. I want to play this video game. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Bring me back to the era of cinematics that actually did some storytelling versus simply introducing a boss fight. Bring me back to the era where, um the dialogue between your character and your npc during gameplay gave you lore like bring Mm -hmm. me back to that right because that's how i want to experience it. i want to experience the lore of the world or the lore of this campaign the way that my character probably would be and if you're in a time crunch to save the freaking world you're not like googling the background of all your weapons or reading every letter <laughs> that comes to your mailbox or you know finding out the history of this chair that belonged to some fallen king i don't know yeah i just <laughs> there's there's a line between spoon feeding me and making me work too much and right. making me read the lore is too much yeah i i agree with that there's a couple of things that um I thought about while you were talking uh, about that stuff. One of them 
um, was Mass Effect. I don't know if you've played that game. I have. Um, like a lot of people complain about like it takes a long time to kind of do anything like the elevator memes and stuff like that I don't know if you've seen that yeah, but like yeah. whenever you like go in an elevator in Mass Effect it takes like for freaking ever to get to the next floor um, but like your followers will always like say stuff and I, I like that how you were, how you mentioned that like um, you know when back when I played Mass Effect like nothing else mattered in the world except for Mass Effect while I was playing it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I wasn't like thinking about like, oh, I need to like get to this place or hurry and get this over with so that I can get to the next level or like whatever. I was just sitting in the elevator. I might as well have been, you know, my character. And so when someone's like making small talk in the elevator, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. it's like, and so, um, yeah, I, and I think that like, you know, our, our generation kind of growing up and becoming adults is like a big part of like the, those changes that, um, the big video games developers kind of had to implement is because like, um, you know, our, like most of like our parents, our age, people's parents don't play video games anymore, you know, or didn't when they were kids very much. Um, and so like, that change never like really had to happen. It was always the kids that were kind of like the target audience. Um, but now it's like, you know, anywhere from like five to 45 is like a target audience. And so sure. it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Um, and um, yeah, I kind of wanted to also get a little bit more into like things that I hear like gamers complain about all the time. Okay. And um, a couple of those things are like, in a lot of like especially mobile games but in a lot like a lot of any like online competitive multiplayer games like there's like you can buy upgrades and stuff like you quote unquote like pay to win Mm -hmm. um dlc is another thing that i hear like a lot of gamers complain about um, yeah downloadable content and oh oh, why can't you just sell a complete game yeah uh, from the start that kind of thing um that's something that i really wanted to hear your opinion about because i haven't i haven't actually talked to you about that before um so either one of those that you want to start with and then we can hit the other one um between um dlc and pay to win and then any other like things that you hear people complain about a lot yeah let's get into it so as far as releasing a finished game and the dlc situation associated with that okay we see a lot nowadays gaming companies that do a very very poor job of giving gamers what they expect out of the game based on the announcement trailers right two prime examples in my opinion anthem and cyberpunk okay however they're they're on different sides of the same coin anthem advertised this amazing immersive world with beautiful gameplay amazing frame rates flight mechanics we'd never seen these like iron man-esque suits that made you feel powerful and they full-on just didn't deliver and they never delivered in fact they just the whole dev team just shut the whole project down There, there will never be anthem content again according to them interesting yeah i 
I remember that specifically. I remember, and it's funny because I've actually, my expectations have literally been killed because of like that trend of oh, that yeah. happening. Uh, like I just, whenever a new game comes out, I'm like, I literally am like, I have to play it. I have to, or see it played when it comes out. I will never like pre-order something ever again because no. of that. No. Because of No Man's Sky, Arc of Evolution, Anthem, even Destiny, I would say. Yep the original destiny like suffered from that hugely um just over like super over promising and yeah. yeah that's that's a big big modern game trend that i personally hate so yeah oh yeah and in my opinion you see it a lot within certain companies so like battlefront 2 and anthem both published by ea right yep ea has a lot of problems with just not delivering what is promised or mm -hmm. screwing their player base, okay? Yeah. Versus Cyberpunk 2077, which was a dumpster fire when it mm -hmm. launched. However, every game that CD Projekt Red put out before Cyberpunk 2077 was exactly what was promised, if not more. Right. And when we look and we take this deeper dive into the problems related to Cyberpunk the dev team did not want to release it when it was released. Right. They knew it wasn't ready, and the shareholders, the producers, made them release it before Christmas so they could get the Christmas hype by and get that money for Christmas. Right. Okay? But the dev team knew that it was not ready, and from the moment it launched, they began fixing bugs. And if you look at that game now, it's actually pretty much exactly what they promised it to be. Right. You know, and that's where we see this difference between certain studios. And so, yes, I'm not saying that it was okay that they released this unfinished ball of crap. However, they did what Hello Games did with No Man's Sky, and they've made it right. None of the patches none of the new content that they've added has been paid. All of it has been free and you get right. it just for having the game. And that's what Hello Games did. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons that I always talk about Hunt Showdown as one of my favorites is because they released the game and it was exactly what was advertised. All the DLC, all of the paid DLC since the release of the game is strictly aesthetic strictly skins you will not find a single dlc where you get like more guns that someone else doesn't have or equipment or something that's going to give you like an actual measurable leg up in gameplay versus mm -hmm. other players because all of it is optional content yeah. and every single big update that involves new weapons new maps new bosses free every single one since launch thing that's pretty cool and so we see that games don't need to follow these trends of like like destiny 2 every year there's a new expansion and every year it's 50 bucks and every year you get a couple story missions maybe a couple exotic weapons and if you don't purchase them you can't play a lot of the content in the game anymore and Jeez. it's really frustrating because 
there are a lot of things to love, but there are a lot of things to hate too. And like we've talked about before, we as consumers are the source of the problem, right? We're Mm -hmm. so willing to pre-order games and we've just accepted the fact that a day one patch is normal when there's no reason it needs to be. Right. And we're okay with buying a DLC every year when they could easily release that new story content for free because people are still going to buy the in-game currency for real money so they can have the coolest sparrow or the coolest shader or the coolest ornament for their armor. You know? Right. Yeah. But and I, we do it. Yeah. I And I think that that's an important thing to bring up too is that like it's not just us you know it's not just the our culture of the age of information necessarily that's kind of pushed games in this direction i also think that like i think that like because video games kind of were forced to grow up so fast for lack of a better term like it, they got so popular so fast so and blew up as far as like um investments go i think that 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 phenomenon you were talking about where you know the publisher made the decision the shareholders make the decision the money you know the people who are providing the money those people are the ones making the decisions i think that that's also been a big influence for you know the things that we see that we kind of hate nowadays is the is it's those it's that stuff that's that's kind of tainted the because you you know most most video game developers aren't doing it for you know it's not like necessarily a job that you do for the money you're doing that because you like want to make an awesome video game um and so it it does kind of suck to see like your favorite things like the all the decisions made for like your favorite things are happening like by people who like only care about money they they have zero care about your game or like what it looks like or how it is on release or whatever and so that is a little bit depressing um but i i also wanted to talk specifically my thoughts on dlc um and this is coming from like someone who specifically is like really indoctrinated into the fighting game community sure and so this like a lot of my opinions are going to be coming from that but um like if you haven't played fighting games before modern ones at least the the dlc will be most of the time just new characters that's pretty much yeah that's pretty much all that dlc is for fighting games anymore um and i've read so many like reddit posts and articles and and stuff like that of people complaining about um you know these fighting game developers releasing an unfinished game and why don't you just put like all the characters in the game from the beginning or why don't you make these characters free um like why do you always have to be finding ways to squeeze extra money out of everything and um i want to take a look at the other side of that really quick because um the last time i bought a dlc character for a fighting game i it was six bucks i think okay and i like made the purchase because I like had thought about it before and I already kind of knew that I wanted to. So I went in and I just kind of clicked through everything and bought it and went into the game to like start playing my character right away, did it, whatever. And then I walked away and I was like, 
like why why is that like why did that have to be something that like people will like take all the time to go into like reddit and write like for an hour about or whatever and just complain about and stuff because i thought about and i was like i could have like going out to lunch would have cost me more than that you know at mcdonald's or something like you know what i'm saying like and this is something that like i bought the character and i'm gonna be playing that character for 10 20 30 40 hours you know what i'm saying like that's like i spent five bucks for 20 hours of entertainment and you go and you go and spend like you know 120 bucks to go snowboarding for a day (laughs) you know what i mean like that's (laughs) but no one complains about that sure well i so go ahead I, i think that there is a right and a wrong way to do dlc personally doesn't bother me that developers release new characters and you buy them one at a time or in packs of three or whatever but that's mainly because like they're affordable and the replay value of a fighting game is so high because every match can be different based on who you're playing against but where i do have a problem is when you have a game i'll bring up destiny again or even like world of warcraft Mm -hmm. where your dlcs every year are nearly the same price as the game was before it went free to play in in destiny's case yeah like when that game came out it was 60 bucks every dlc since then there's not been one that's been cheaper than 30 bucks yeah and so you're paying half the price or more of the game for something where you don't get even close to the content to make it worth that price right Mm -hmm. versus mortal kombat Tekken, Street Fighter, you can pay three bucks, four bucks, five bucks, six bucks for a character. And like you said, you could get up to 20 plus hours of entertainment out of that one character. Or if you look at The Witcher 3, they released two DLC campaigns over the course of the lifetime of that game. Each one was $15. Each one of those, each one of those $15 campaigns offered nearly as much content as the base game yeah each one of those 15 dollars campaigns offered more content than most of the destiny 2 campaigns combined right but it only had to be 15 dollars. i was willing to pay it because it was only 15 dollars, and i definitely got my money's worth out of it right and i think where you where you bring up the point of like um where affordability meets like value in a sense of like you know how much am i actually getting out of this and that's important too because something that people have become entitled to is like balance patches and updates especially within the fighting game community sure like the fighting game devs are like constantly balancing their games and adding patches and adding new moves and updating things and changing stuff to where they're always working on this game that's you know and they're not making any money off of doing any of that stuff you know what i'm saying like they're only making their like current fans happier who've already paid for the game mm-hmm. and so you know their only way that that investment is going to be worth anything is if the people keep playing and if then and then if they buy the downloadable content that will come out soon you know right. what i'm saying so like you know the, i feel i always feel like they're giving enough to me in return and it's it's funny that we've kind of become entitled to that i 
because I thought back um, to, you know, I was playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 when the first quote-unquote nerf ever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you guys don't know about this, um, like buffs and nerfs are like super common in um, games like League of Legends today, like that everyone plays and expects, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, nerf this character, buff this character, super normal now. Um, but back then there was never anything like that. Like the game came out and you played it like that. And if you wanted something to change, you'd have to hope it changed in the next game. Um, but you know, I'm playing, playing Call of Duty and, uh, everyone is complaining about the model 1887 shotgun, right? It's too good. And, uh, it's a shotgun. Shotguns are supposed to have short range, but it'll headshot you you across the map. It can hit you from like just as far away as a rifle, like whatever. Everyone's complaining about this stuff. And so they, they updated it. And the term nerf nerfing something comes from, uh, the community made up like a meme out of it, out of the model 1887, because it was, it became so bad after the update that they called it a nerf gun. It became a Nerf gun, right. so th- that's why that's why it's called a Nerf nowadays. Um, and you know, at least for me, it was a long time ago, but it feels like it wasn't that long ago that sure. Modern Warfare Two was released, and it didn't take that long for us to kind of become entitled to this like constant catering from our video game developers oh, yeah. that we just kind of expect for free because we paid sixty dollars for this game which is the same price that we've always been paying for for video games, right? Um, it used to be 50 but that was like a really long time ago. Yeah. Um, but it's about the same price that we've always paid for a brand new video game on release, and everything else has gone up in price. Um, but, you know, video games have stayed relatively the same price. Um, and they're able to do that because of this, you know, downloadable content that most times we can choose whether we want to buy it or not. In some cases, like you were talking about, it's not the case. But yeah, I just wanted to provide that, the other look at DLC, where next time you're about to get frustrated uh, about it, you know, think a little bit more about it. So, Well, and like back in the day, you know, in the era of Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, um, the old like Tekken tag tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You didn't get new stuff ever, like you said. Right. Like the game was made and that was it. I like the old Ratchet and Clank games don't have a lot of replayability because there's nothing new for me there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've beaten them. I've found all the weapons. That's it. It's going to be exactly the same every time I, and instead of DLC back in the day, they made sequels, Mm -hmm. right? Where nowadays we're in this culture of downloadable content where they don't make a sequel until they have to because of like software or hardware issues or whatever excuse they may make yeah um but like you said it allows that game to stay funded so that that team can continually keep that project running mm-hmm. because otherwise we would have to be stuck in a world of linear story driven games which are becoming less and less popular so if you don't want linear story driven games and you want live service online games you have to decide what you're willing to pay for especially with games like going free to play more often now Mm -hmm. dlc good dlc is worth paying for it's a matter of picking out the good and the bad right 
I really like that you say that because like, you know, you do, you, you do have a choice. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're, if you're saying like, man, and th these are the examples I know, so I'll keep using them, but like, uh, like, I just want to go back to Tekken three. Like, why can't we just release a game like that? Good. Like right on to right on release. And, um, I enjoyed that game for so many hours. Like, why can't we go back to that? It's like, well, technically you can, you know, yeah. there are people playing Tekken three right now. If you, like, if you really like the world, pretty cool world we live in like you could find some people to play online like we have the technology you could do that but you sure. choose not to because um you want you want the ever-changing and evolving world of tekken 7 that's been out for six years and people are still playing that game because it's gotten constant attention and con constant evolution and and um yeah so i, I really like that you point that out well and on the subject of this um, like live service era that we live in, I do have a question I want to ask. I want to get your opinion. We've talked about DLC and good and bad DLC and how it's worth it. And in my opinion, we have a responsibility to fund the games we want to keep playing if we want live service. Right. What is your opinion on the World of Warcraft subscription model for live service gaming? I think it's outdated. So okay, so here's my thing. Um the World of Warcraft model would be fine if World of Warcraft wasn't the same game essentially that it was 20 years ago. That's I think I think that if they found a way to like somehow which like, you know, this is pretty much impossible, but if they found a way to somehow like make World of Warcraft a modern game they then i would feel like it would be okay for them to keep charging people to play that but like for me like that would like i don't know like it would be like if i like went back to play runescape and they were like all right 20 bucks a month <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's yeah. like uh no like like and you know they say they like quote unquote like add new stuff and and whatever all the time it's like okay they like increase or decrease or recrease the level cap and then they like and blizzard makes cool campaigns and story sequences and stuff like that sure but like um they're they're recycling everything at this point and um the biggest change that they've the coolest change that they've done in the last five years in world of warcraft is the wow classic thing where they re-implemented original work world of warcraft <laughs> yeah. which kind of goes to show like that they're like a little bit out of date out of ideas um yeah so that so for that game specifically i i have a pretty poor of opinion about how they how they handled that um but i think it's just because they're trying to keep the game alive too long without yeah it's just it's just kind of a fossil trying to <laughs> trying right. to be be a living thing but yeah and like i have a lot of friends that like religiously play wow still right um and for anyone listening please tell us why you like playing wow if that's your thing like why are you willing to pay that i think it's like 10 or 15 dollars a month to yeah. play that game and you know like like tijuana was saying i think there's a situation where it could be worth it for me, that situation involves super updated graphics. There is no reason, in my opinion, that the game needs to look the way that it looks. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is I'm 
if I'm not mistaken, I could totally be because I'm not a I'm not a WoW guy. I think you you still have to purchase new content. Like they don't just give you everything. Right. Yeah. You to, still have to, to buy Yeah, you still have to buy some of the new content to play like the newest races or missions sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if your entire player base is funding you on a monthly basis, I personally don't see a need for you to also charge for DLC. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you don't <laughs> actually have to pay for DLC so much. And maybe maybe they're just that good. But I think that that is an extreme example of funding a live service game so you can continue to play it. And then, like you mentioned, Tijuana, we have people on the other side of the coin who... You know, they want Injustice 2 to be playable online for the rest of time, but they're going to complain and whine every single time they have to buy a new character. When they don't have <laughs> yeah, to. or fight like, a certain character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, like, pick your poison, but remember that, like we've talked about before, while you deserve respect and deserve to get what you're worth as far as a consumer when playing games the dev teams of your favorite games deserve that also because they work their butts off to Mm -hmm. give you whatever it is that you're enjoying and to just not want to not want to buy the new campaign content that's worth the money because you just feel like you're entitled to get everything for free i think is an overreaction yeah and i would say to those people out there who like have been um playing a game like world of warcraft since it came out and um you just you know you keep paying for it and you keep playing a little bit and you keep completing all the newest stuff or whatever um like i'm not i'm not trying to tell you to stop playing world of warcraft if that's your thing like go for it. it's a super fun game but um for people out there like that um who are kind of like in this struggle of like kind of what do I do in this situation? Um, I feel like my game is taking advantage of me almost like it, it is, it is to definitely taking advantage of you and you have other options. Like you can, you can branch out, jump into a different community, jump into something like immerse yourself into a different game or like, you know, watch a different game and, find a different game that you think is cool and that's kind of what i kind of want to close with here is that um yes the modern video game community we've created kind of a monster um with like all the all the big money pushers that kind of make the decisions um on these kind of things that are frustrating for us but we've also created a beautiful world where anyone can make a video game and there's so many cool indie games out there that can give you basically any kind of experience that you want and there's so many cool even big triple a video games out there that can give you the experience that you're looking for and um there's a welcoming community to kind of like help you get into it so if you're like stuck in a struggle just like there's so many cool ways to try something new in video games and that's personally what i've been enjoying about them so much lately yeah like tijuana said 
yes, we live in a world where gaming development has become about money, money grubbing for certain studios, but we've also come to live in a world where we're seeing gaming on an epic scale like we've never seen it before. The worlds, the characters, the graphics, the mechanics, things that gamers back in the day, even in the late 90s and early 2000s when I was growing up, I never dreamed that gaming would become what it has become. And so yes, there are some trade-offs to that, but ultimately we live in a really awesome time to be gamers. If you have a problem with the way a certain game is running, like Tijuana just said, there are tons of options. Find the one that works for you. Find the games that you love and know why you love them and support those teams so you can keep having the time of your life. I think that, you know, as long as Hunt is receiving service, I'm going to be playing it because I can tell that it came from a place of passion. Like they put a lot of heart into developing that game and I appreciate that and I buy DLC for that game when I can afford it and I don't typically do that especially when it's just skins like I'll buy skins that I don't even run because I want to support the team so that they can continue to give me this awesome experience that I've fallen in love with and it's only fair that if we expect good content we're willing to fund that that's our job as consumers Right. Yeah. And just to kind of um, add to that point, I, as an example, uh, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3, old game, old fighting game, um, you know, that stopped receiving updates a long time ago. Uh, players in the community started modding new characters into the game to where you can go online and download DLC characters quote-unquote dlc characters for marvel versus capcom 3 that's awesome keep playing updated versions of your favorite old games like that's how cool of a time we live in right now it's like you're even the old legacy games that you like wish you could have new fun experiences with like even in some cases you can with that that's to me that's like the pinnacle of like living in a cool time yeah. Um, and that wouldn't be possible without all of the big corporate aspects of gaming. Like, yeah, it sucks sometimes, but it's made possible amazing things for us as gamers. Yeah. So um, l- let us know, guys, what are some things that uh, make you mad about current video games? What are some things you miss about old video games? And um, what are some maybe lesser known video games that you guys love all very per contra esque um type of things that we that we would love to discuss with you guys um let us know and uh thank you for tuning in today this has been an awesome discussion yeah we appreciate you showing up every week if you're one of those that comes regularly um let us know if there's anything specific you'd like to hear in a future episode and maybe we'll talk about it and give you a shout out but until then Thanks for coming, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks again.